for those of you who don't know me. And so um, I uh, grew up here and then went away from school and then came back and did some more schooling and then worked uh, here in town as an attorney for about three years. And then uh, through my involvement with the church, started to discern a call to full-time pastoral ministry um, through this community and left again for more school and then came back and came back to work here as a pastor. So uh, it's a great treat and honor. This is uh, where I worshiped uh, when I was done with school the first time. So it's always fun to come back to the gym. So thank you very much uh, for having me. And let's give a round of applause for the band. Um, one of the benefits of having a big community is that we get uh, a lot of people that come to us with a lot of different gifts. And so it's nice when our normal group is gone, um, or I guess just Daryl uh, is gone from that, but uh, to have guys like Matt to come in and fill his spot. And it's a very seamless transition, and we're definitely blessed by that. So we want to honor them. And Daryl and his wife, Stacy are gone um, for a couple weeks. If you're not aware of this, you can join us in prayer for them. They're in Israel with uh, our Riverside pastor, Scott Hare, and um, doing a lot of hiking and a lot of learning. So uh, that's usually a stretching trip, so I invite you to be um, praying for them. Uh, but this morning, we're continuing on in our series of hearing from God, and we're going to be... Um, taking a step back from the normal schedule and just looking a little bit about um, that process of hearing and uh, what I would call receiving from him. I, uh, this week, was celebrating a friend's birthday, and so I called him up to invite him to dinner, and he immediately said, oh, no, we don't need to do that. And I've known him for a long time, and I said, it's your birthday, you know, of course. He said, no, no, I'm celebrating with my family this weekend. We don't need to do that. I said, no, Tina and I, my girlfriend and I, would really like to take you to dinner. He says, fine, okay. Um, so we find a day to do it, and I said, where would you like to go? And he said, I don't know, we could just, you know, I think he threw out, like, chilies or something. I thought, it's your birthday. Um, so I kind of pushed him and pushed him, and finally um, convinced him that we'd go to a, a nice restaurant for his birthday. And um, he said, well, wh why, don't I, why don't I drive? Um, and then that way you guys don't have to mess with it. We were going downtown. I said, oh, that's great. So we met at his house, and I realized, you don't need to drive. You know, we can do this. And every step along the way, he was trying to kind of either downplay what we were trying to do for him or pitch in and help out. And it was his birthday, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? So we get to the restaurant, and our table's not ready. Uh, so we go to the bar and get a drink. And he says, well, why don't you let me get this? And I'm like, it's your birthday. Like, we're getting dinner. Come on. And it was like every um, part of the meal, you know, we talked about dessert. He's like, we don't need to get dessert. And uh, every part of the meal, he wasn't really open uh, to what we wanted to do for him. And finally, I just said, look, it's your birthday. Like, we're going to celebrate. Um, like, just receive this. And I started to think about that, uh, about why it is that it's so hard for us to receive. And um, I started doing some praying about it this week and some reading about it, and that's what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, I noticed in our culture we have this strange reality when someone offers something to us, our immediate response is to say no. Um, do you guys have this happen where if, if someone offers you something, I notice this, if somebody offers me something, I'll say, 
no thanks, I'm good. Do we, do we do this sometimes? I started thinking about that this, this week, reflecting on why it is we do this. And I, I think it's an interesting thing to say uh, when someone offers it. We're, we're kind of saying, no, I don't need that. I'm okay. And I, I think there's an interesting reality for me in that when I look at this stuff. When people come to me to offer to help me out and take part in what I'm doing and contribute, and they say, I say, no, I'm good. Uh, one of the things that Daryl and Stacy will be experiencing uh, in Israel is that you're doing a ton of hiking every day and you're out in the desert. So you're literally hiking up some mountains through the desert. Um, so you're really hot and you have to carry a lot of your water because uh, sometimes you're gone from the bus for a long amount of time. So they have these huge jugs. I think it's like a liter and a half jug of water. And you're putting them in your packs and you're carrying them and all this kind of stuff. Well, around about the second day, someone will offer to help carry someone else's water because you're starting to carry all this water. And uh, invariably, someone will say, no, I'm good. To which the leader will quickly and firmly address that. And he'll say, no, you don't turn down someone's... uh, He says, saying no to that is not saying no to something you're going to receive it's also saying no to something they are able to give you. In the same way Matt Dixon blessed us with worship this morning and allowed Daryl to have time off, somebody is going to offer to carry Daryl's water. And the funniest is when um, it's usually some smaller, younger, less strong person on the trip comes up to some like big burly guy and says, Can I carry your water? And they want to say, this is ridiculous, but then they say, okay. And what ends up happening is then usually about three people carry the smaller person's water just so they can carry that one additional thing. Um, But one of the things they highlight on this trip is this reality that it is a blessing um, to be able to give something to somebody else. And we know this from Scripture. It says it's better to give than to receive. But I think a lot of times we focus so much on that reality. The part of the importance of giving and not the importance, the, the importance of the receiving. And that's what I want to focus on uh, this morning. So when we look at what it is that people are offering us, I, I want us to not just think about uh, what we're, how we are, and, and kind of our perception of that. I want us to think of what they're coming to give us. Um, A lot of times, um, there's this reality that when people come to help us out, um, we, in a sense, can help them out by, by giving to us. I had a mentor that would always, she would turn this around. She would say uh, the same thing they do on this Israel trip. So she would say, by not allowing them to give to you, you're depriving them of a gift. But she would turn it even further, and so she could receive more. She would say, by allowing these people to serve me, I am giving them a gift of service. And she passed away a few years ago, and I shared that with her sons at, uh, around her funeral. And they all laughed, and they said, yeah, that's the kind of thing my mom would use to trick people uh, into taking care of her. But I think there's a reality in this of just uh, of learning to receive, and we see it through the Scriptures. Um, in John 13... Uh, Jesus comes to the disciples after dinner to wash their feet. And he says, oh, we're going to get to that later. And he says, uh, uh, it's really interesting, verse uh, 4, 
or verse 3 it starts, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Uh, I was studying that about a month ago, and I got to that verse, and we're all familiar with Jesus, you know, the Last Supper, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. I got to those two verses, and I really got stuck on those for a while. And I thought that causation statement was very interesting because it's looking at the authority that Jesus had. And because of that authority that came from God, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And you know how, what that leads into. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So think about this. The reality is, God, Scripture is saying that Jesus has been given this authority from God. So he is over all things. The Scripture says he has put all things under his feet. And what does he do with that? He, he humbles himself before his very disciples. Uh, the ones it, in, Judas is still here. He, this includes Judas, who he knows is about to betray him. And he goes to serve them. And it's interesting how the Scripture links this authority piece with service and coming underneath. This reality of God is in authority. Uh, the, the Father has put all things under the Son, and therefore He can serve these people. I think a lot of times, I think of being, not being served as having it all together. And this Scripture is putting it in a totally different light. It's saying, uh, all, Jesus has all authority, and because of that, He is able to serve. Um, but then look at the classic response of the disciples. I love the example of the disciples because you can always know uh, how normal people are going to react by looking at how they react. Simon Peter, he's your kind of first one to stick his foot in his mouth. He says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus honestly says, you don't realize what I'm going to do. And Peter says, you shall never wash my feet. He says, no, he's not. He's just like us. He says, no, Jesus is, is ridiculous. And that sounds funny, but if Jesus walks in and says, can I wash your feet? Don't worry, we're not going to do foot washing this morning. But if Jesus comes in and says, can I, can I wash your feet? We're going to be uncomfortable. And I think it's a lot because we haven't learned to receive. And, and there's this reality in the kingdom that everything starts and finishes with God. Scripture says, you know, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the A to the Z. And all things in between. In the beginning, we have, G, we have Genesis in the beginning. And God breathes life and creates. And then in the end, we see the end. And it ends with Jesus coming back. And God restoring the heavens and the earth. And the new Jerusalem coming down. So we have this reality of all this in between. And God invites us to this narrative with him in the middle. But the funny part of it is, is it, I think the hardest part of it is that it requires us to receive so much. There's this reality in the kingdom that everything is based on grace and God's love for us. And that is a hard thing for us to receive. I, it's, it's funny, I, I think a lot of times I look back in my life and I see the ways that I would really try and work hard and earn it. And I still identify those parts of my life. But little by little, these things get chipped away. And I notice how God will gently come to me in a place and basically invite me to receive. In the same way he goes to his disciples, he takes off his outer garment, and he's going to go wash their feet. But notice that he doesn't push it on any of the disciples. He doesn't force this on them, and he doesn't force it on us. But there's this reality 
in the kingdom of God that all things start with God's love and all things are, as David says, all things are a response to God. And so I want us to think about some of the things uh, that we respond to. Because in most instances, we are responding to something. It's something we believe. It's something that's been said to us. It's something that's happened in our lives. And as you know, I was having this experience this week with my buddy for his birthday and reflecting on some of these scriptures from uh, John 13, I realized this reality. If we're, our response to that offer from God is always, no, I'm good, or even from other people, it's going to be a hard journey. It, it's it's going to be a long road. And um, I want to look at, at some of why that is. So, why, why is it difficult for us to receive? I think in our culture we have this reality of, I want to be able to do it on my own. And frankly, the world tells us we should be able to do it on our own. Uh, we, we value independence so much in our culture. We want things to go not only smoothly, but mostly smoothly just because of us. I think also we don't want to be in need. It's hard for us uh, to be dependent on other people. Uh, if, you know, if you pay attention the next time you go to a wedding, all the vows of all these things that we're going to do for the rest of our lives, and you think, man, this is going to get rough. With, with all the things you're going to face, you know, this is going to be hard. And uh, I think a lot of times we don't want to be in need because we know... We know other people are about as reliable as we are. We know we're going to mess up, and we know the people we're going to depend on are going to mess up as well. And so we know that's going to involve some hurt. Um, I think the last thing I noticed of you know why it's hard for us to receive is we want to be in control. And just as easy as that, we want to we want things the way we go to want them. You know, if you want something done right, do it yourself. If we depend on other people. Um, we're not in control. So, so what can we do about this? How can we um, address this or approach this? I think the first thing um, to remember is that vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. Um, in the same way that we look at the scriptures and Jesus went low before his disciples, disciples he knew were about to betray him, um, some of them. Vulnerability is a gift. And, and it's more, uh, in my experience, a sign of strength than it is of weakness. And there's a reality of being able to humble ourselves before others, depend on other people, uh, be open to their input, and, and even open to their failures that allows us um, a connection and a relationship that otherwise would never be. Um, I think there's a reality that if we're only going to be open to things that we know are for sure, we're not really going to be open to anything. And I'd also offer we're not going to be open to ourselves. Uh, I always laugh when I think about pe- other people's unpredictability, and then I start to think of my own unpredictability, and I think, well, I'm going to be gone with the rest of them. There's a reality, um, there's a reality in the body of Christ where we're intentionally made to be uh, interdependent. Let me explain that a little bit. If you read 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the many roles of the body, like physical body parts, the eyes and the hands and the legs. 
and he talks about specifically how the eyes can't do what the hands do and that kind of thing. Um, if you look at the body as a whole, we really can do a lot and function together. If we look at ourselves in isolation, it doesn't really work. And we end up trying to do things we were actually never created to do. Um, so I'd actually offer that that, that that creation, when we look at ourselves and we see shortcomings, I, I'd actually say that that's on purpose. Um, but when we look at ourselves in the context of, of the community that we've been called to, we see a greater fullness uh, than we'd ever know apart. Um, so, so where is this leading us? I think we're going to throw up the scripture now. Um, there's a reality in the kingdom that we can't do it until we get it from the Father. Um, all things start with God and end with God, like we said earlier. Um, as, as David says, you know, everything is done in response to God. I, I, lo- I really love this verse. I'll try and get out of the way enough. We love because he first loved us. Um, when I went to school and studied theology for three years, and um, that, that's the verse I ended up always coming back to. And I thought that the scripture was kind of written backwards. Like it would have been a lot better the way mine work, my mind works if they would have started with that verse and then given us the other stuff. Um, because I think the initial call before we're called to do anything else is always to receive. And that comes from a lot of different places, but it's all, the source is always going to flow from God, who is love. There's a reality that we can't do things when we're burnt out. Uh, I do a lot of work with prayer and a lot of work with caregiving and things like that, obviously. And one of the things uh, we've started working with uh, prayer centers and hospitals and things like this, and you find out in many of these areas where they're always pouring out and giving care to others, they're, they're really dry. And so they develop all these teachings to help them be filled up. And a lot of it is basically a fancy way to teach people to receive. Um, this, this reality, this scripture, um, we can't get to a command. We can't get to a place where we're able to do a command before we get this. And this isn't a mental ascent kind of thing. This is like a you know, Hebrew kind of receiving reality. I think it's really interesting when Jesus leaves, when he ascends to heaven uh, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, he tells the last thing he tells the disciples is, don't leave. He says, stay here. Stay in Jerusalem. He says, you're unfit to do ministry until you receive the Holy Spirit from on high. And there's this reality in Scripture where Paul talks about all the things that the Holy Spirit does, and one of them is really letting us know that we are loved of God. John Wesley, a founder of the Methodist Church, said, you know, then I knew. He talks about the strange warming of his heart when he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, then I knew the love of God should have broadened my heart. There's this reality of coming God, coming to God first to receive. So how can we do this? How can we start to live into this first John four reality? Um, I think there's, there's a reality. We always need to be starting with what God says in a situation. If everything we do is a response to something, I invite you all to be responding to God's love and to God's truth. Uh, a lot of times I see in my life when I am frustrated or scared or angry, I'm responding to something that isn't really God's love or God's truth. And so being grounded in that reality and starting with that 
Uh, I like to say I don't start my day with a to-do list. I start my day with a list of the things that God says about me. Um, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Delight in my life. I rejoice over you in singing. Uh, I have given all things for you. I will never leave you for, nor forsake you. The more I roll over these realities in my day, and these are the things that I'm living from and responding to, uh, the more I'm able to receive and be filled up. Um, so, so always starting with what God has done. Learning to receive on a basic level. Uh, I, I, had a, I, I had a friend who recommended a book to me, and one of the challenges was uh, for 20 days to say yes to things that other people offer to do for you. This isn't saying yes to all the things that people ask you to do, like taking on a lot more responsibilities. This is just saying yes to receiving from people. And he tried it. I don't think he even made 10 days. But he he realized how many things he says no to in his life that are offered gifts from other people. Um, So I'd encourage you to start your days with what God says about you. And then uh, just experiment. Try saying yes to other people when other people offer. Allow them to serve you. And then um, recognize a few things in that situation. One, recognize how you felt receiving. I guarantee you it'll be difficult and uncomfortable at first, but as you do it more, um, you'll be more comfortable doing it. Two, watch them. Be perceptive of them, the person who's giving to you, and how they are changed by being able to give to you. Because you will literally be blessing them with that. Uh, And then it's nice to thank them in some way. You know, verbally write a thank you note, something like that. Um, That's always good. Uh, the last thing in just learning to receive is, I, I think, the hardest part, but the most important part. There is a reality uh, in Scripture and with God that He says we are worth it. Uh, you've all heard the example of uh, a fair market value price of a property is what somebody is willing to pay for it. Um, God's willing to pay His very own Son for us. And with us giving us the option to reject that, which I'm always overwhelmed by. Um, so there's this reality that God says we're worth it. I find it's hard for us to do that, to say, I'm worth it. Um, but I, I, I'm here to tell you this morning, if you take nothing else away from this, just realize you are worth these things. You are, God says you are worth the death of his very own son. You are worth his very own spirit to pour into you. You are worth people coming around you to love and affirm you and serve you and honor you. You are worth those things. We, we are worth this, is what God says. And it's very hard for us to receive that, but it transforms our lives. I found uh, this week, as we took our buddy out uh, for his birthday, that it is very difficult to receive, but the more and more we're around that, the more we're put in that environment where that message is coming, the more it shifts and changes us. Uh, I got two uh, thank you phone calls from my buddy this week, the two days after we took him to dinner. He called me each day to say, thank you so much, that was wonderful. And it was just, it was a fun evening to have out with him. Uh, It was a great time. But if, you know, if I would have just given in and we would have just gone to Chili's, it, it wouldn't have been that great. And if I would have let him drive and buy dessert, it wouldn't have been that much fun. Um, but he was able to say, yes, I'll, I'll let you do this. I'll, take care, I'll let you take care of me and honor me and bless me. 
Um, the band's going to come up now, and we're going to have a clothing song. Uh, I know we, we went a little over, so if you need to run, uh, that's fine. But um, in this time, I'd invite you, if this is a new reality for you, um, take the time, if not this morning, then some other time, to just dive into this.